Welcome. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. We're so happy to have you join us today. My name is Delaine England, Liberty Mom host, and I have another amazing Liberty Mom with us today. Jen, Jen, I do I give you your last name or should I call you Jennifer Washington? <laughs> you can call me Jen. Okay, uh, well, that works. That works. Okay. <laughs> Jen, Jennifer Washington, and she is amazing because she's not just a patriot, she's also a genius. She's brilliant, oh. and that really helps. And she knows she's really good at being effective. And so, Jen, we have so much to cover. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. We have so much to discuss regarding our elections. Let us just remind everyone, when you do not have secure elections, you do not have a free country. You cannot possibly have freedom without honest, real, secure elections. It's impossible. Because as Lenin said, let them all vote. What matters is who counts the vote. And that is really kind of what we're going to talk about today is who counts them and how they count them. And so we're going to start by talking about ranked choice voting. And you may or may not know what ranked choice voting is. And a lot of people who love liberty love ranked choice voting because they think ranked choice voting is so efficient, it's fast, and I just can put my votes out there once and we don't have to recount, and it just saves so much time. But let us discuss, Jen, exactly what are the real what is the real truth about ranked choice voting? So I invite everyone to please put away for just a moment your already established belief system about ranked choice voting and be open to learning what it really does and how it is counted and how it, how it is not counted. I think is kind of an, uh, an important thing is how it is not counted. Yeah, I think that is really a good way to say it. How it is actually how your votes are not <laughs> yeah. counted in ranked choice voting, I think, really is one of the biggest problems. So, Jen, tell now ranked choice voting. It's been kind of sweeping the nation, but we actually have a bill here in Utah right now in our legislature, which is in session, that is trying to make it so that ranked choice voting is the natural way if you don't have. Um, any more than two. Yeah. If you don't have more than two candidates in the same race, then you would naturally do ranked choice voting. Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant if you do have more than two, yeah. it would pop you, it over. Yeah. You wouldn't need it if you wouldn't need it. If you don't, if you only have right. two, then you're just going to vote A or B. You're going to vote for one or the other. One will win. Right. You have a lineup like in California where you have 36 people that run for governor. They will do ranked choice voting and you literally can vote for everybody. Yep. You, you can vote for everybody if you want to. And yep. and what is the problem with that? So let's start with that, Jen. What is the problem with ranked choice voting? Yeah, there's there's a lot, but I want to start with two facts about it. You know, and actually there's three. So I'll give one okay. that is 
the one that they use is the main benefit and then we'll go over the other two. And by the way, we've talked with clerks, legislatures, other people. And so some of this is feedback, you know, that we've gotten from them as well. Right. Right. But one is that um, it saves money. That's the one they like. Right. It saves money because it gets rid of the primary. Right. You can eliminate primaries with it. Yeah, and we've already eliminated our caucus, you know, system. So I would yes. say to that, do we want to uh, eliminate primaries? So that's a question, right? Do you want to eliminate primaries? Um, the other thing that's factual about it is, um, and this is per a clerk that we spoke with, and, and it's correct, but it it increases complexity. Do we want increased complexity in our election system when we already have, you know, issues and trust uh, with the public and elections is at an all-time low. The third thing is, and this is a fact, it fundamentally changes the way we vote. So and my the outcome. Question, yes, and the outcome. And so my question to, again, Utah, is do you want, did you vote for that? Did you choose that? Did the people that you elected run on that they were going to put through ranked choice voting and fundamentally change the way you vote and the outcomes, right? And I've noticed, um, so this is kind of funny, I've noticed the the people who are promoting ranked choice voting are um, promoting Cox only winning with 37% as like a, you know, hey, Utah, you don't probably appreciate that, right? And you'd, you'd like somebody with a majority to win. Um, exactly. He did win with the majority, you know, again, if everything was on the up and up, then he won with the majority. It was 37%, right? So um, the other thing that you want to that you want to consider, and this is, I'm, you know, there's third party people or unaffiliated, all of that, right? And those are, I've noticed a lot of like libertarians unaffiliated really like ranked choice voting because they think it gives their candidate a chance, right? It seems like a great way to give them a chance. That is unfortunate not always true. And the reason for that is the two-party system can collude together to put in three to four different people that they want in, and your party will never, ever, ever win again. They will stand no chance of ever being represented, ever. So it's something to consider, you know, when, when that's being promoted as a great option, really think about it. And then it also destroys grassroots. You know, because, again, money, right, you're getting people put in. And, again, collusion can happen um, where they're selecting two to three people to run against one specific person that they know the public actually likes. And if that person doesn't win with 51%, they can lose. They can lose the entire election with 49% and having votes shifted from other people up to a lesser, an actual candidate that no one wanted, but it was everybody's third choice. So people need to really, really, really understand ranked choice voting. Read about it, look into it, understand what you are doing to your election system. And I mean, I'm going to say this. This is the truth of the matter. If you are conservative, this should terrify you beyond all belief. This is how you, and I'm talking to our legislatures as well. You will, if you do this, you will be electing yourself right out of office. That is exactly so right. understand. Yeah. The system is designed, it is actually created and designed to get rid of conservative people Uh in office. And people need to really think about what that is. And the problem that we have is we have conservatives who have bought into it, who kind of like it, and so they're supporting it. And so other people are thinking, 
well, that is a great guy. He's a great legislator, and he's supporting it, so it can't be that bad, and that is problematic, and, and it's understandable. I can understand why people think it seems really great. As they say, totally. it can save money, but, and you know what? I have always been somebody, if, if you can get, if you can eliminate a primary because, because one candidate is liked by 70% of the delegates or 70% of the people. I love getting rid of a primary. It's a great idea. If you can get a candidate that everyone gets, I mean, not literally everyone, but the majority, <laughs> the far majority, a high super majority people get behind, there, then it is wonderful because not only does it save us money from a primary, it also saves us from like-minded people in a party kind of infighting and competing against each other. We can put all of our resources behind a candidate. So that, that I love, and I understand that is a very compelling argument. But do we want to save money at the expense of receiving a candidate who actually is liked or chosen by the majority of voters, whether they're delegates or, or citizens? That is that is never a good thing. It's basically the system choosing for you. And this is what yeah, I yeah. really hate about it is that, um, well, there's the complexity issue <laughs> is huge. Because every election, you want to be able to vet it. You want to be able to go back and see how people voted and see what Correct. happened. It's just so complicated and so convoluted. It is very hard to follow, especially on a very big election. But it it is it's also, it makes it so complicated and it is... It's virtually impossible to audit. And you guys did, or somebody did, in a video. Mm -hmm. um, where can people see that video? Because that video explains it ever so well. It really makes it so visual, and it makes it so easy to understand. So how can, so you how can we tell people where to go see the video? So there's two websites you can go to. One is utahfreedomcoalition.org, and it's under, I think, Media and Educate, and it's the Ranked Choice Voting one. And then there's also utahei.org, which is utahelectionintegrity.org, and their main focus is ranked choice voting. So they have a right. lot of really good information all about ranked choice voting and why, you know, it's problematic. And they show you states that have repealed it, you know, cities that have repealed it, um, things like that, because it was it's too, it's too uh, complex and it actually opens up fraud. And, I mean, look, we're already, again, at a point where the uh, public, whether you believe it or not, right, is is not trusting elections. Why would we throw this in right now? What, it's like adding fuel mm -hmm. to a fire. Why would you do this? Uh, why are they in such a rush to get this through quickly? Right, right before. Zip it in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. we're, we're not having time to really vet it. They're just pushing so hard and racing to get it in. It, yep. it is telling. And again, another thing is to follow the money. Look at the people yep. who are spending so much time educating people about ranked choice voting and what is the problem with it. A hundred percent of those people are doing it out of their, out of their pockets, out of their own free will because they love Liberty and they love America yep. and they want to have valid elections. You look at those people who are pushing it. They're all making money. This yep. is their job. They are being compensated financially and other ways by by pushing this and driving it. And so yeah. I always say follow the money. It's a great way to to shed light, to shed yeah. light on the truth. Yes, and if you do want to follow the money, again, that utahei.org has some 
some places you can go to follow the money um, for Excellent. Yeah. Yes. And it does. It has some great, great examples, I noticed, of yep. really, really good examples of places that tried it, that said, you know, let's give yeah. this a shot and tried it. And they ended up repealing it because they could see the problems. And one of the problems that I see as well about it is it does change the outcome of the vote. Yes, it does. You, you'll yep. notice certain, when... Oh, go yes, ahead. go ahead. In certain places, votes were exhausted, you know, so... Yes. And I mean, I, if you were in Lehigh, Sandy, or Springville this last round, you guys got to experience it live in action, and it was not pleasant. You know, it wasn't a good time. It's so, again, why are we saying this is a great thing? And that, by the way, I never, no one I know got that survey of, you know, that they're promoting that nine out of 10 Utahns support ranked choice voting. Uh, we've got a survey that says exactly opposite. So, uh, you know, we do. Yeah, and so um, I would I would say if you're going to allow one survey to be shown, right, with the resolution in the bill, then you probably should have the, the opposing one as well so that you're getting fair, right, fair representation of the public and and what the public wants. Exactly. Show, show both sides. Because when I got, I actually got that survey, but when I got it, it was like 75% were against ranked choice voting. And then just a couple of days later, the outcome is just completely flipped. So I'm, I don't even know how that could even happen so, so yeah, quickly. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's um, okay. Yeah. What I have seen when we have used ranked choice voting in certain elections in the past, what I noticed about candidates is they would get up and they give their speech and they would say, well, if you can't vote for me for first, please just consider me for your second place Vote And what I noticed is they put a lot more time and energy on getting people to vote for them as their second place rather than mm-hmm. they did the first place. They actually seem to really not even care about first place as long as they got second place. And yep. can, do you want to kind of explain why that is? Why people running for office do better if they have more second place than if they have first place? So I'm not the best person to explain that because that's mathematical, that's Wendy. <laughs> but, but that's say, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what I can say, it's because they move, you know, again, when they, so for example, if you vote and your first guy's out, right, in the first round, um, then your second vote is likely, obviously, to be next and you're going to move. And that will be more unilateral across, right, because more people are voting se- for the second, the same person in the second spot. That's exactly right. Because especially if there's three or more people or just like I meant three or four, because of course there's three or more. (laughs) But if there's three or four, if it's just really three or four, that same person is almost for sure going to get the highest second vote. Where if you've got three people, you've got a a group of people that vote for number one, a group of people vote for number Number three, three. We have a really good base that's going to vote for number two in the second position, and then they end up winning the entire race, even though they don't get the majority of vote. They don't actually right. get fifty plus one. They still end up with a minority, but they got more right. votes than in second place than anyone else did in second place, and they take it. Right. So, and that can also happen in the third place race, which can also happen if you have more candidates in there. So yep. it does change the outcome, and I think that's really important because well, yeah. it, 
it, it's not a matter of being efficient. It's a matter of literally changing the election with an Well, and depending on how many you have running, you have pages of ballots. And they found that a lot of people don't flip their ballot over. You know, they don't even look at the second page and go, oh, there's more people to rank here. Oh, my goodness. You know? Seriously. So you have that. And then imagine if English is not your first language, which I know you can get ballots in another language. But imagine if you've never voted this way. Right. You're new to the country because right. mm-hmm. they've done studies. They've found that minorities and elderly, this is a very complicated way for them to vote. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not intuitive. It's not how they're um, yeah. used to doing it. And so it causes ballot um, confusion and disenfranchises. So if I think all sides, their goal is to not disenfranchise voters. That's what they say, right? They want everybody that can legally vote showing up to vote. Well, if that's exactly. true, why are we doing this? There's plenty of studies showing this disenfranchises people. So why are we doing this? Yeah, and that, that really is true. That's a very good point. It does disenfranchise voters, and and even those that vote, it is convoluted and complicated, so it makes it very hard. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I just want to invite everyone to go to utahfreedomcoalition.org. Mm-hmm. Tons of great information. There are some really, really excellent bills regarding elections. And you know what I love about them is they're very forward-thinking. They're not victim bills. They're not saying, let's go back and look at the past election. These are, these are all measures to make our elections more secure mm-hmm. in the future. It's to make sure whatever happens that voter fraud is either eliminated or greatly diminished so that we can know that our elections are secure. And I don't know why anybody would not want to be sure <laughs> that our elections are true and valid and accurate. Yeah, yep, I will say just one thing in there. The, the ranked choice voting bills um, are HJR005, it's a resolution, and the bill is HB178. Those are obviously we're opposing. So we would love for you to contact um, GovOps and let them know. Um, HB 0178 just got moved into House Standing Committee. So um, I would still talk, you know, say email GovOps, but just as an FYI, it just got moved into House Standing. <clears throat> but you should okay. all email them if you're against it and let them know you don't, you know, don't want it. And you know what? We really need to have an overwhelming amount of people show up at that committee meeting. We've done it before and it's been very powerful. And believe me, I hear legislators tell me on a daily basis, if you can get a thousand people to show up committee, you're going to win on this, whichever, whatever bill, whatever it is. There's like, if you can do what you did before, this is golden. We've got it. So I think it is really an important bill. The problem is, is, the nature of a part-time legislature is that we only have 24 hours notice for when a bill is going to be heard. And I know it really frustrates people. They're like, why can't they tell us in advance? Because we're moving very quickly and, and we have very little amount of time. We only have literally there in a 45 day session, only 33 days are actually spent on, you know, Monday through Friday because the 45 days count Saturday and Sunday. So it, things move quickly. So don't be frustrated. Just know we'll let you know as soon as we know, as soon as we've heard what day it's going to be heard in committee. But plan plan to, if you know, try to work around getting time to be able to, to go. It'll either be in the morning yeah. 
at nine o'clock or eight o'clock, or it'll either be the afternoon at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. So try to plan to take a little bit of time off work if necessary. You can join on Zoom and speak, but I would ask everyone to take a minute today, right now, today, this very day, and write a text or an email to your legislators and ask them to vote against ranked choice voting. You want to put in the bill number, HB 178, ranked choice voting, and you want to put in the subject line, please vote no on HB 178. The subject line is extremely important. You want to put the bill name, the bill number. Don't just put HB 178, put ranked choice voting because, you know, there's a thousand bills. Most people memorize all those numbers. So put in the number, put in the name, and then put in your position, yes or no. Because if they get a thousand or a hundred emails, they're not going to have time to open all those and read them. But what they will have time to do is have their intern go through and count how many yes and how many no. And so that way your opinion, your vote is being heard. And even if they don't open your entire email, then at least they know where you stand and what you want them to do, even if they don't know exactly why. So I would recommend to everyone to make your, get your email, get your text, get it done, get it all done. And then when you hear it's time to go in committee, then send it, just have it ready to go. And then you're ready to send it and then do everything you can to get your, little tushes up to the Capitol and go in and just show up. You do not have to testify. You do not have to speak. All you have to do is be there and there will be a presence. We will have little stickers for you that you can wear. So people will, they'll basically say, yeah, vote no. It will, it will say your position on the sticker. So it'll be no on HB 178. And so then The legislators, without you speaking, you are speaking. They will hear you loudly and clearly. They'll know exactly where you stand and what you want to do. So, and we'll have that there for you. You don't have to do any work. Just devise a very short email. It does not have to be very long at all. Make it very short because they don't have time to read a long email. Just cut to the the chase. Um, But get that done today. I challenge everyone to get that done today as soon as possible so that when it is time, you're ready to go. Okay, so anything else you want to say about ranked choice voting, Jen? I think that covers it. (laughs) Okay, so you can also go to utahelectionintegrity.org. Did I get that right? Utahei.org. Okay, Utahei for election integrity. Right. .org. Okay, so that's easy, utahei.org. Go there, so much great information. Yeah. You'll love it. I mean, there is so much really good. It's articulate. It's well-organized. It's really well done. And mm-hmm. um, you can get all the information you need so that you feel totally prepared and ready. Now, with the weekend coming up, it's a great time to call your legislators. Give them a call and chat with them. And say, ask them, where do you stand on this? Are you planning on voting against it? And, and then if you're prepared and you feel so inclined... Call them. They're just regular people. Don't be intimidated at all. Call them and talk to them. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about election integrity. So stay with us.
You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original Secretaries of Defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our homes, our families, and our communities. And we're so happy to have you join us today. I'm your host, Delaine England, and we have Liberty Mom Jen Washington with us. And we have been talking about ranked choice voting, and we invite you all to get very educated on ranked choice voting so that you can understand what it really does and what really happens if we institute ranked choice voting across the nation or across our state. And so we're asking everyone to get informed and get involved. This is a very important. Once we lose our elections, we're done. Nothing else matters. We have to secure our elections, and ranked choice voting is an affront to honest and valid elections that really allow people to vote for who they want to win, not just vote. Okay, we're going to talk about a really important initiative that we have going in Utah. And Jen, tell us about this. You put so much work and so much effort into this initiative, and it's taking the state by storm. There are many people getting involved. So tell us what this initiative does. Sure. So first, I actually am not the one who created the initiative, but I, you know, happy to help them. And we've You've been, been a part of it. You've been yeah. a part of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Secure Vote Utah. Um, and it's to get rid of mail-in ballots and the machines and basically go back to, you know, precinct level in-person voting. And one thing that, you know, we obviously hear a lot of uh, different opinions about mail-in voting because it's easy, right? It's convenient. It's so easy. convenient. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I've used it. I get it. 100%. Um, but the problem is we are at a point in our state and in our country of do we choose convenience, you know, over security and basically uh, what makes our country our country? I, you know, we're going to lose our vote, our voting rights, really. If you um, want so, it to be that easy, you're going to lose it. It'll be really easy. You won't even have to bother to vote. That's exactly. Well, yeah, like certain different counties and different states and stuff are using votes apps. You know, they're, I mean, you can vote on an app if you're military, yes. things like that. That is connected to the Internet. You know, even if it's blockchain, whatever, it is connected to the internet. And any engineer worth salt will hack anything. Anything can be hacked. So it's just what, you know, we've got to kind of remember how important our votes are. This is literally who we have representing us and making laws, right? Uh, exactly. To have the consent of the governed. Um, and, you know, if our votes are not counting as we as we vote, we've got a problem. Um, so and we should do everything in our in possible to secure those. And so a lot of things, when you look at them and you go through them and you think, you know, really think on them, it all goes back to this could be fixed with in-person voting. This could be fixed, you know, I mean, all of it. So um, that's what the initiative is is really about, is making sure that we go back to secure elections, you know, and keeping it local. We don't want all this centralized, you know, election stuff and, and removing electoral colleges and things like that. We don't want that. We want it to be local, um, you know, precinct level, uh, and your county clerks, you know, we have a lot of good county clerks in Utah. We, we do. do. That really we are do. trying hard to do the right things. They want good things. Um, so 
you know, it just needs to go back to what the way it was, right? In a matter of speaking. Yeah, we really do. We do have good county clerks who are well-intended. Yeah. They're trying, and, and they really believe they have things secure, too. But the problem is when something, elections are tied to the Internet, when there is the, even the possibility of them being tied to the Internet, we know that they can be hacked, that they can be yeah. changed. They can be manipulated. And there's so much evidence of it. I just invite you to really do your due diligence. You don't, you don't have to spend very much time to figure out that, um, to, to really find very solid evidence that it has happened and it will continue to happen yeah. if we continue to allow our counting to happen online through the Internet. And right. that cannot happen if we do in-person voting and we go in and we vote in person and then we, we have a team of people counting the votes. And I've done this before. It's actually very fun. You end up staying up most of the night, if not all night, <laughs> counting the votes. And But you know what's really awesome about that, Jen? You do know. But um, <laughs> that if you're a candidate, you no longer wonder if you've won or not you know you don't you always kind of with the with it on the online you don't know if it's real you don't know if you really lost you're like well i really thought i won did i really lose okay i can handle it but with in-person voting when you can have someone yourself or someone from your team that is in there watching the votes watching and making sure that everything is legitimate and that's for both candidates both sides have someone so you know there's integrity and you know that there is accountability and that there is a chain of command that is happening to your vote. That's huge. That is yes, really yes. more it's, important. It's massive. Than, yeah, it is massive. It's so much more important than convenience. And I get how yes. convenient mail-in ballots are, but they are totally. not secure. No, and by the way, because we've had a lot of questions, people go, oh, but what if, you know, absentee or I'm hospitalized, those are not going away. I mean, there's the standard, you know what I mean? That's not going away. Anybody um, who requests so a ballot will receive one. Right. The difference is you request right. the ballot, and then they already know who you are. Uh, yeah. you, they just mail it out randomly. You know, it may make it to you or may not, but if you say, this is my address, here's my signature, please send me my ballot, that is secure. That is presenting right. your ID. It's very secure. And then the other thing um, that Utahns can do in the meantime as well to go back to in person as much as possible is um, counties, depending on your county, if you have 5,000 people um, remove themselves from mail-in balloting and go into, you know, ask to be in person, they have to open up an in-person location for each 5,000 um, people who request that. So that's a way to kind of, again, vocalize as the public, we want to go back to in-person voting. That's what we want. Uh, and That is awesome. You know, I mean, yeah, and there's suggestions, you know, to make voting day a holiday, which I think it should be, right? I think it should be. So that's something the legislature can look at and things like that. But let's get it back on track, clean up Utah's elections. And, uh, yeah, there's a big signing event. January 29th, so this Saturday. Um, most of them are from 10 to 11. There's, I think, one in Kaysville that's 2 to 5. Anyway, they're all on um, securevoteutah.org. We also have them up on utahfreedomcoalition.org. Um, there's another website, too, that I can't remember right now that they're posted so that you guys can go look 
and find a location near you to go sign to say you want, you know, this ballot initiative. And, you know, we need everyone to just really do that. It's so, so labor intense to gather signatures. It just takes so much time and so much labor. So I'd invite everybody. There is a place fairly near you to take the time to just go on there, secureboteutah.org, secureboteutah.org, and find a location near you that they're having it and get your friends, take your family, take your friends, get people to go sign it. Now, when you sign this initiative, it doesn't mean we're going to get rid of of mail-in ballots. It doesn't mean that. What it, tell us what it really means, Jen. What What is the power of the initiative? Well, the power of the initiative, I mean, do you mean if, like, if we got it passed or if it didn't pass? Is that what well, you're asking? If, yeah. If someone signs yeah. it, they're not signing okay. that that's going to happen. If we get all the signatures, right. it doesn't mean it will happen. Right. It doesn't. It does not mean it will automatically happen at that point. But what it does do is it sends a message to our representatives that we're serious about this. This is what we want. Right. And to listen to us, we've done, I mean, you guys, you think about it, Utah, you've done petitions, you've done over 4,000 affidavits for an audit. You have done surveys, polls, even though they're not seeing those surveys, getting one, one side of it, but we've done surveys, polls, and now ballot initiative. I'm really not sure how much more Utah can say we do not want melon mass, melon universal voting and machines. How, how many more ways can Utah say this is what no. we want? It doesn't matter if your lobbyist is saying nine out of ten people. That's not, you know what I mean? The people have sent you emails, phone calls, petitions, affidavits, a ballot initiative. I don't really know how much more they can say. Exactly. And what happens if we do get the signatures needed, then all that means is that this will actually be put on the ballot so that everyone that is a registered voter in the entire state of Utah can vote. So what you're really asking isn't to remove the oh, ballot, yeah, yeah. to remove. You're not really asking that we don't, not, we don't send out ballots anymore. You're asking that it be put on the ballot so that every citizen that is registered to vote can make their voice heard and every citizen can vote on it. And so that's, you're only making it possible that we can vote on it. And we would love our legislature to pass it, but um, we don't have, um, you know, I don't know if our legislature would pass it or not. There's a good chance. But the problem is we do have, there are people in leadership positions, and I won't mention any names, Governor Cox, but I'm not going to mention any names. (laughs) But there are people who do not want this to even be voted on. They don't want the bills to come out and be voted on. They don't want the legislators to ever risk passing this. So they have the power to hold this in rules so it doesn't see the light of day. And so far, that looks like what is going to happen. It's, we're never going to have a chance to have our legislators vote on it and pass it the way that I prefer to have these kinds of things done. I prefer to go in and use our republic and go in and have our legislature, our representatives, vote, do their due diligence, learn both sides, and vote and pass a bill and pass a law the way we pass laws in the state of Utah, the way that we do in a republic. But since our leaders have co-opted this and stopped this issue from even 
be coming out. So I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that they will decide to let these bills out and allow them their due process. But since we have not been able to have that happen, we have had to resort to our other option, which is through an initiative. I'm not even a big fan of initiatives. I would prefer to do it through our legislature. But since our legislature can't do it because their hands get tied by leadership, this does give us an alternative and a way for citizens to stand up and be heard. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, so there are those things that are coming up. So again, it's Secure Utah, excuse me, secureboatutah.org. Go in there, find your closest location, and go and sign, take all your friends, your family, take as many people as you can, let them know, and go sign this petition so we can get the signatures needed. We need lots of them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's by county. You have to go to a place in your county and sign a petition. You don't have to be in your county, but you have to sign a petition that is designed for that county because they get turned in to the county, which is great because the county has the signatures on file and they can check the signatures, make Correct. sure they're legit. Okay. Correct. Yeah. All right. So, Jen, anything else you want to? We'll give you a chance to wrap up. Tell us anything else you want to <laughs> talk about. I'm. I think that's really it. Well, the one other thing I would say is, guys, make sure that you go to le.utah.gov and, and you know, follow any bills that you're concerned about or interested in, right, both good and bad, um, so that you can either support them or oppose them. Because if they don't hear from the public, they're going to make the decision based on maybe some other information. So the public, and again, be kind, be respectful, be informative and factual when you're emailing. Um, it's very helpful. We've heard from legislatures for you to pick out the lines specifically in the bills that you have issues with so that they know exactly where to look for the issues. So, yeah, just get involved. Pay attention to what's going on. Love it. That is great advice. And the reason that it is is because we are the guardians of our liberty. And if we're not paying attention, if we're not engaged, we will lose our liberty. And this is really, we're past the tipping point. This is a time we are, have got to get engaged and do something. And the more that we're willing to do that, the more our legislators will listen to us. They are being told all kinds of things. They're pulled in all directions. They have plenty of lobbyists up there telling them what to do for the lobbyists' interest. And they need to hear from the citizens who they really represent we're the ones that vote them in. We can vote them out, and they need to hear from us. Because if, we don't, if we're not willing to speak, if we're not willing to tell them, then we kind of deserve what we get, don't we, Jen? Yeah. I mean, you are, you're getting the government that you, you know, have been chosen. Called forth. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thank you, Jen. Yeah. We all need to thank get you. involved. It is time. It is time to awaken from our awful situation. Stand up. up let your voice be heard. And our voices are heard and appreciate it if we do it in a very respectful manner. I love that you said that, Jan, because we are just invalidated if we go crazy. It's really important to just do it in a very respectful and and an articulate way. Just explain, this is why I feel this way. And it doesn't have to take a long time. So, okay. Yep. I would encourage everyone to do that. And um, just to reiterate, utahfreedomcoalition.org is a place to get so much good information. Mm-hmm. UEI.org. Utah. 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 EI. 
You just have to read my mind, not what I actually say. <laughs> UtahEI.org for the election. Um, it, it has the bills on there. It's got all about ranked choice voting. It's full of really great information. And then for the initiative, you can go to SecureVoteUtah.org. And, yeah, and you can find out where there is an initiative. And a lot of people are having initiative parties where you can just go wherever they're having it. And you can, they just like, everybody come, I'm going to do it at this store. I'm going to do it at my house. And everybody comes Saturday, one to four and come and sign. So you could consider maybe taking on a packet and, and getting 50 signatures, going and gathering 50 signatures yourself. You can go out and gather them. You can just take one to your friends and family. You can have a party at your house or at a business, go sit out a table at a business and, and gather them there. But if everybody does their part is the only way we will be successful. We'll get this done. It is because it's due February 15th, I think. Make sure to check securevoteutah.org. Yeah. But that gives you the timeline that we're, we're working with. <laughs> it's a very short timeline. And while we have your attention, everyone, put on your calendar March 8th. March 8th is the date of the caucus meeting. And everyone who cares about our country, our state, and our freedoms, we need to participate in our caucus system. It's amazing. It's the, it's like you can go and run or vote for someone to be a delegate. And a delegate is a literal, a neighborhood representative. They're a representative that represents your precinct or your neighborhood. And that's a very powerful and very excellent, like really important position. And so I would invite everyone to consider running for that position and getting elected as a delegate and definitely be there, definitely participate and be there. So that is March 8th and it will be in somewhere in somewhere fairly in your neighborhood. It's usually at a school or some kind of um, public building. And so you can, you can go there and, participate in that you will have to contact someone from your county party to find out where that is if you don't already know all right since it is the legislative session is in session right now i would like to share a couple of other really important bills with you and one of them is regarding the women's sports it seems self-evident and in line with natural law that women only would participate in women's sports. But it is an interesting, interesting issue where we have boys or men or young, young men who are wanting to participate in girls' sports because they are really suffering from something very real and very traumatizing and very painful. And that is gender dysphoria. It's very real. And I would never want to minimize that in any way because I think it is a very difficult issue. Um, so the bill that Representative Kara Birkeland is sponsoring would make it so that any boys who their, their biological boys, their DNA, through biology, can never be changed. No matter how many cross-sex hormones one takes, no matter how many um, operations you have, it will never change the DNA of a person. 
And so the bill says that if a young man has been taking cross-sex hormones for one year, that they may now compete on girls' sports. Now, what you, that will, in, in essence, in every way, that will eliminate girls' sports altogether because women's bodies are different than male bodies. Even after a young man has been on hormone blockers and testosterone, you know, um, puberty blockers and different cross-sex hormones for even years, it doesn't change their DNA and it doesn't really change their muscle mass. It does affect it, but it doesn't really turn you into a woman and it won't put you on the same par. And so I really think if we don't stand up now, we have lost everything. This is really such a self-evident bill that this kind of issue is about natural law. It isn't to hurt any boys. It's not to, to hurt anybody who's already hurting. It's that we must not violate natural law. This is, is a very simple issue on the laws of nature and nature's God. We must not violate that, those by trying to pass laws that really won't, won't actually, it won't change a boy into a girl. And so I just employ everybody to take a stand. We're going to need you to just contact your legislators and let them know that you would want girls only, DNA girls, to participate in girls' sports. Another really, really important bill this session is SB 60, and it's the bill that makes it so that businesses Big corporations and big businesses cannot force employees to get a mandate, uh, to get a vaccination. They cannot mandate what their employees do when they're not at work. I'm an employer. I tell my employees what to do when they're at work. I tell them what to wear. I tell them what to say to some degree. Um, Not everything, but I mean, we do have control over what they say and what they can't say at work. We have control over what they wear. We have complete control. We we have control over what they do. We're compensating them with a wage, and we're exchanging a wage for their time, their talents, and energies while they're at work. But what we don't get to do as employers is tell them how to live their lives when they're not at work. And we don't get to regulate things that are not relevant to work or when they're not that are regarding their own health, their own safety, and their bodies when they are not at work and when you it isn't if you want to have a vaccination i'm totally happy for you to have that i i'm not asking i don't even suggest that no one should be allowed to get a vaccination i would never even think think of that that we would stop people from having a vaccination if they want to have one so why would we consider forcing someone to have a vaccination if they don't want one Nothing is more important to our liberty than our freedom of conscience. If this is something that violates someone's conscience, they should never be forced to do it. And there are those who say, this is a violation of my conscience, and I can't do it without violating my conscience. And nobody should be forced in America or out of America to do something that violates their own conscience. And I just wanted to quickly, because we're running out of time, is just share with people. Um, An important thing, this is a state school board member, Jenny Earl, discovered this in our Utah code. 
and this is in their education code, and it's education code 53G-9-301, and it lists the definition of immunization. Immunize or, um, immunization or immunize means a process through which an individual develops an immunity to a disease through vaccination or natural exposure to the disease. So your body has a way to immunize itself through a natural process. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember that you are the guardians of your liberty. Thank you. 